just like that, basketball season is over at Michigan State. The Spartans battled to the bitter end in an overtime loss to Kansas State in the Sweet 16 last week, coming up just short of what has proven to be one of the games of the tournament so far. Tom Izzo and co. now head into the offseason with some lingering roster questions and big expectations for next year. We will discuss the season that was and the offseason to come on episode 107 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brand champion Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel with you on Izzo 28, 2023. Uh, Matt or uh, Kyle, what's up? Uh, how, how was Madison Square Garden? Uh, great as always. Um, one of the better places to watch a game. Uh, so can't complain about can't complain about that. Um, and uh, yeah, better than going to Houston this week. So. Sorry, sorry if you're a Houston fan. Not, not my <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh Matt, what's up? You've been enjoying the hoops this month? Um, yeah, very much so. Uh one, I as as I pointed out to Kyle on Thursday night, uh, this is a great basketball game, and I'm glad I'm not writing the game story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this tournament's been outstanding. You know, it is every year pretty much, but um I would like to point out that also that uh I had FAU as the sleeper on my bracket that we posted. Now I had them beating Purdue in round two and then losing to Duke. But hey, I I, I hadn't seen a second of the Owls play this year, so I must have uh, got lucky with that one. I've been touting the Owls since January, Matt. The, yeah, the well, receipts are out there if you want to go I, find them. I don't doubt it. I just uh, <laughs> got lucky. So, uh, but yeah, fantastic yeah. tournament. Um, I mean, how do, how do you not love this sport? Like one year we have a blue blood Final Four with, you know, all these prestigious programs that have won all these national championships, all these great players through the years, great coaches. And now this year we have, what, three programs that have never been to the Final Four before and UConn. So uh, what a sport. That's all I got to say, that we can have these kind of results in back-to-back years. I do think that's where basketball has the leg up on football. It just feels a lot more inclusive. feels like more people have a chance, and that is the glory of the tournament, after all. Uh, unfortunately for Michigan State fans, the Spartans are no longer a part of it. Uh, you know, gave us a run here uh, through these last couple weeks, Kyle. Michigan State falls 98-93 to Kansas State last Thursday in the Garden. We're not going to spend a ton of time on the game because it's so old, but we did just kind of want to touch on it real quick here. We'll spend most of this episode talking about kind of uh, the season that was, big picture sort of takeaways, and also sort of maybe do a quick look ahead to the offseason because it should be a busy and interesting one for Michigan State. But Kyle, let's start with the game real quick. You were there. Uh, electric atmosphere, uh, instant classic between the Wildcats and Marquise Noel going up against Michigan State and A.J. Hogard. Uh, just, I mean, this had to be one of the better uh, tournament games you've ever covered. Yeah. Yeah. It's right up there. Um, and that second half, uh, you know, I think I counted, there was a time where both teams made like seven of eight shots, um, or Kansas State might've been eight or nine, eight of nine. Uh, they traded the lead, I think 10 times in like a five or six minute span. It was just, you know, for several minutes, it was just shot, 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 and the lead going back and forth and back and forth. And, you knew it was a game that was going to come down to um, to the last possession, and it really did, both in regulation. Uh, Tyson Walker hits the the um, layup with five seconds left to send it to overtime and then make it to overtime. And, you know, it, it's always the little, little things in games like that, that that I think are probably still bothering people at the Breslin Center, whether it's the a couple missed free throws from Malik Hall and Joey Hauser, Joey Hauser's um, in regulation in particular, I think, because he's a 90 plus percent free throw shooter who missed the front end, uh, which is killer. 
Um, but Malik Holmes, he won in overtime. And then AJ Holgard, the tip of his middle finger. Um, if that doesn't touch the ball on that air ball by Marquise Noel in overtime, Michigan State gets the ball back and um, is in a pretty good spot there. Um, but instead, uh, it grazes it. Uh, uh, Kansas State gets the ball back. They add another bucket. Michigan State's down three. And then the last possession, I feel like we always focus a little too much on last possessions, but didn't go well. It's It did go well for Michigan State, and it didn't. Uh, they actually ran the play well and got the look they wanted, but Joey Hauser didn't pull the trigger. He he beat himself up for a lot for that afterwards, um, which a lot of his teammates disagreed with, but he didn't pull the trigger past it and, and they don't end up getting a shot off. Um, and it's really, I mean, they Marquise Noel got one more basket at the buzzer, but it, it was really a three point game. And if someone's able to hit that shot, then, then we were headed to, to double overtime. So uh, a classic NCAA tournament game um, in every sense. Uh, I, I feel like Marquise Noel was so good. It kind of overshadowed the game itself. You know, like everything yeah. I read afterwards. Was That's all anyone was talking about. Which yep. I understand. Like as a national guy, I mean, the dude set the NCAA tournament record with 19 assists and was played. I mean, I watched a lot of Cassius Winston, but that was about as good of a point guard game as I've seen. Um, but I think that did kind of overshadow not only Michigan state, but just what a, what a terrific game it was um, overall. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of people were upset about the last play, you know, they don't get a shot off. Don't even get a look at it, but you know, that wasn't going to be an easy look for no. Joey Hauser. Anyways, that was a pretty deep three. He had a guy running at him. Same thing. If Malik Hall took the shot, I do think Malik should have been standing behind the three point line after <laughs> setting that screen, instead of like going up there, that didn't make any sense because you're down three is the clock's ticking to zero, but I wasn't focusing on that after the game, Kyle. I mean, this was such a fun game to watch from a fan standpoint. If you're a neutral, this had to just been amazing to watch. You know, obviously Michigan Mm -hmm. State fans were going through agony watching this, but I couldn't, like days after the game happened, I was starting to, I was kind of coming to terms with how that game was there for the taking and you see what's happened since and you start to dream a little bit. But right after the game, I wasn't that upset because similarly to the Duke game last year, Michigan State played very well. They played well enough to win. You know, you can point to things here or there where, you know, they make a mistake or they don't get out on someone or they don't cut out or whatever. But this they played very well in this game. They played well enough to win. I mean, they're shooting, what, over uh, almost 50% from the field. They out-rebounded uh, Kansas State. It just felt like their night, man. You've got Marquise Noel. Yeah, he played amazing, but he's like some of those passes. It's almost like he closed his eyes and prayed that it was going to get there. The one when he, the three when he's falling down, coming off the screen, he just throws it up. It goes in. One, one of the top three most ridiculous shots. Though. Just absurd. Absolutely. And they met, they had a few from the logo. Uh, Ish Masood is this guy is what thirty seven percent from three, and he just goes nuclear against Michigan State, mm-hmm. making shots from the from the the logo. It just felt like Kansas State was a team of destiny here, and uh, they they got it done. I mean, give them credit. You know, we previewed the game and talked about Marquise Noel and how we thought Michigan State's bigger guards might be able to lock him up. That ended up not being the case. I mean, this guy just showed out in the garden. You got to give him credit. But Tom Izzo called it lucky. So I don't know if he should have gone that hard in the paint in the TV interview because that's what people are going to pick up. But they did make some absurd shots. You have to agree with them on that. No, they they did. Um... Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you can nitpick Michigan state a little bit, you know, um, I, like I thought Jade Nakins was better, um, on Marquise Noel toward the end of the game. Um, and, and they didn't really go to that until it was a little bit too late. Um, the back cuts were a big deal. Uh, I don't remember them yeah. getting back cut to that, which, which is partially because 
when you got a point guard who's playing that well, you kind of got to keep one eye on him at all times. And I think that um, they lost a couple guys mostly because of that. But overall, yeah, I agree with you. Fantastic game. And I, I think, I don't know, if you're a Michigan State fan, you went out with your team out playing at seed, you know, a seven seed making the Sweet 16, and you went out with them playing well and just losing to a team that played a little bit better. And I, I get that it's disappointing, but I, I think that's that's an okay way for your season to end, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. What'd you make of the game, Matt? Hey, like I said before, fantastic game. I mean, I know, you know, my memory is – I forget about things, but that's the best tournament game I've se- I can remember seeing in quite a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, just fantastic game. I, you know, even got my wife to pay attention for a few minutes and maybe between reading pages of a book. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a great game. Uh, you know, Noel was was as advertised. Johnson, uh, he played a great game too. So I mean, that duo there and then the support they got after the fact. Um, that lob was crazy. Yeah, I mean the. <laughs> So, so that, I mean, let me get this clear. Uh, Jerome Tanks after the game, that wasn't some sort of scripted thing. Like that was happening in the moment. And then Noel with a flash. I mean, I looked down to the keyboard for one second to do whatever and look up and, and I, I missed it. I had to wait for the replay. So I don't buy um, that. I, I don't know. I don't know if I don't, if I buy that either, because that would be pretty remarkable, but you saw some of the passes he made in that game. And uh, yeah, just a, just a fantastic game. I don't, I think Michigan state got, um, Plenty out of this team. Now, now you look at who's left, you look at that path, and it's easy to say, well, this this team could easily be in the final four right now. And this is, you know, this is, they could they could potentially win a national championship with who's there. But you know, they I mean, we saw what they did in midseason, some of the struggles. You know, I thought Hogard played great down the stretch. You know, Walker kind of an up and down game at times, but he hit, you know, hits the big bucket to go to overtime. You know, Hauser, you know, great season overall. And I just I mean, if you hit what 13 threes, you shoot almost 50% from the field, what, almost 90% from the line, and you lose, you know, it happens. They just they just made more shots, and, and that was it. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it all year, about Michigan. What was Michigan State's ceiling? We asked that all season. I think we kind of mostly landed that probably Sweet 16 is their ceiling. Now, I think that they showed in this game that they obviously were capable of going further, and this team really came together and was playing its best basketball at the end of the year. But if you look at it in – the entirety of the entire season and the way this team performed, they got about to the level that we expected them to with the talent on this team, which is not an overly talented team, not an overly athletic team relies on the jump shot. Um, You know, they played well enough to win both against Duke last year and against uh, Kansas state this year. And they just didn't go their way. So I, I think if you're a fan and you've had a little, a few days to look at it, yeah, you obviously want more and you look at the path ahead, but, that's people just looking at names and not actually watching college basketball because San Diego state, Florida Atlantic, Miami, UConn, these are very good basketball teams. Okay. I know that they're not your name brands, but these are very good basketball teams. So let's not act like a good, not great Michigan state team was just going to march through all of them with no issues here. Um, Kyle, I assume you probably don't buy into that, you know, Oh, look what we would have gone through. They would have won it easily. You I'm sure you don't, you don't subscribe to that either. No, um, I, I do think they had a more manageable path than some others. Like like if UConn was sitting in their region, the way that UConn's been playing in this tournament, I would have said, okay, that's there's the end of the road right there whenever whenever they play UConn. But mm-hmm. um, no, I mean, FAU, um, FAU beat two good teams in New York and, and they did it like without even shooting that well. You know, they just kind of grinded out these wins as a mid-major against, you know, these um, – 
um, these these teams, Kansas State and Tennessee. So I was very impressed by them. I don't think it was a given at all that, you know, Michigan State would have beaten FAU. I did think Kansas State wasn't as good in that game. I, I almost wonder if the Michigan State game took something out of them. You know, Oh, it's almost like they played out of their minds against yeah. Michigan State, Kyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but it, it's also like, I don't know. I, I feel like I almost have to rethink how I uh, how I think about this tournament because in the portal era, like I don't think it's a coincidence that these kind of different teams have, have made the final four this year. I mean, it seems like you, you used to think about talent so much and it's like you needed like two pros to get to like a be a national title contender and get there. And now it's like you see the teams that have that, you know, Houston, Alabama, um, even all the way down to like Duke, uh, which was a five seed or um you know it's like the the talent's not winning as much as it used to um in my opinion you want veteran guys i think it's the veterans that are winning and uh you know michigan state had good veterans which is why they made it so far Uh, and they lost to a very veteran point guard who has talent he's certainly not nba talent at five eight uh which might be generous um so it's you know I don't know. I, I just, I feel like watching this tournament, not only Michigan state, but around that, I feel like I'm rethinking um, kind of the formula for this tournament. I think it's good news for Michigan state because mm-hmm. um, like the Duke and Kentucky um, loading up on talent and just having such an advantage. Like, I, I think those days are done. I, I think you get, I think a Tyson Walker um, has a ton of value uh, these days uh, as opposed to some freshman that's going to be a top 15 pick. I agree. So here's the million, here's the million dollar question, Kyle. Was this season a success? Yes, I do. Um, I think it, I mean, they would have wanted to compete for a big 10 title. I'm sure because that's important there, but a sweet 16 to me uh, for this roster was a success because they hadn't been to one as we talked about. Um, it, it seemed it had been so all or nothing with this program. It seems like for a while. You think about since fifteen when they went to the Final Four. Every year was either the nineteen Final Four or a first round, uh, first weekend loss. You know, it's like they had never just had these like mid mid level tournament runs. You know, a run to the the Sweet Sixteen, almost the Elite Eight. So it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a big deal for this program as we've talked about, and, and the players that hadn't been there to get to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, obviously, I mean, what do they end up with? 21 wins, something like that. 21 um, and 12, right? 13, you know, that's 21 and 13. Yeah. That's not a gaudy record, obviously. And I think they might, might've wanted a few more wins than that. If, if you asked them before the season, but again, considering the, <clears throat> the schedule that they played, considering what a meat grinder, the big 10 was, uh, I understand it didn't do well in the NCAA tournament, but that was still a difficult league night in night out. Um, and considering their injuries, which um, played a significant role, I know people don't really want to hear about them that much, but Malik Hall was not right, like this whole the second half of the season. Like the NCAA tournament, he was taking his shoe off during timeouts because his foot was hurting him, you know? Um, so it, it's, you know, a team that played a tough schedule, had some key guys out, um, making rallying to make the Sweet 16. Um, I, I call that a successful season personally. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it's right on about what we thought, like I said earlier. So I don't know if you can, you can't call it a disaster. You can't call it some, you know, rousing success because they didn't hang a banner or anything, but uh, 
I think it set Michigan State up to to look pretty good and be back on track as sort of in the national conversation, like right from the jump next year. Maybe a team that, you know, I'm seeing way too early has come out. You know, they're almost always in the top 20, sometimes in the top 10. They're kind of all over the place. Obviously, we don't know rosters. Uh, Illinois lost Jaden Epps today, just right before we started recording. Like, guys are going to move. Guys are going to transfer. We'll see if it happens at Michigan State, either transfers in or transfers out. We've also got Malik Hall. Tyson Walker questions. I think we pretty much know Joey Hauser's out the door, but uh, you know, obviously top of mind is those two guys coming back, Kyle. I mean, we, we don't have any sort of time frame. When did, when did they start announcing last year if they were coming back or not? Was it, was it like two weeks, a month? Like it's, I mean, it depends on the guy. It's, it's pretty quick um, for most of those guys. Um, I, I understand they're not going to announce it in season, um, but I, I have a feeling they, they have a pretty good idea of what they wanted to do. Um, Joey was kind of the exception last year. I think he really was torn, but most of these guys with the fifth year decisions, I think have a pretty good idea going into the mm-hmm. off season. And I think some of them might save it for after the final four when the, the whole season's actually done. Um, but I, I don't think we'll be waiting too long on those guys. Um, and like we talked about, I think there's reason to hope that they can come back. I think they both have, legitimate reasons to come back and and that those are kind of the two big cornerstone decisions of the offseason to me um and then I think they'll be trickle down from those two whether it's guys deciding to leave because maybe they don't see a path to playing time or guys or Michigan State if they do lose guys deciding they need to add um from the transfer portal that would surprise me we can talk about that a little bit more but um, those are kind of your two linchpin decisions. And again, like you said, I'm, we're assuming Joey's gone cause he made that pretty clear, but Walker and Hauser or Walker and uh, Malik Hall, once those two make their decisions, then I think we'll be able to kind of get a sense of where they go from there. Yeah. I think the NIL era probably makes it more likely they come back. We've talked about Hawker's or uh, Walker's size limitations for the next level and, it was obvious, like you just said, Malik Hall was not himself this year. That's not the Malik Hall that we saw uh, flashes of last year when he would just take over games. Mm-hmm. Uh, even as early as when he was, I always remember that freshman year, uh, that freshman year, his freshman year at Seton Hall and just going off. Like mm-hmm. we just have seen the flashes of the Malik Hall and that Malik Hall we saw in the tournament was not that guy. So I could see him coming back doing the, the same thing that sort of Joey did this year. The transfer portal you mentioned, Tom Izzo, you know, Michigan State was not active at all last year. Uh, people thought they needed a big, they might've been right after the season we just saw. Um, but you know, we can talk about the freshman class in a bit here too, but, uh, you know, we see Michigan state reportedly sniffing around in the portal. looks like they're going after, or at least considering maybe wings, a wing guard type, which is a little weird to me considering the, the guys they have in, but, uh, you are hearing Michigan state at least a little more active, at least reportedly from the guys who cover this stuff. Yeah. Um, my kind of guess on that is that they're, they're they're kind of establishing the relationships in case that that's something that they need. Um, like like I don't I don't get the sense that they're going full out. Like there's been no visits reported, or um, mm-hmm. they're not at any finalist list that I've seen. I think they're they're establishing huh. connections with some with some kids, and if it turns out they need them, then they've got a, an existing relationship there, and they're not starting from scratch here in in a couple of weeks. Um, if they decide they need someone. Um, that said, I mean, maybe they add, they've decided they need a wing and they add a wing, but, um, you know, if, if Malik Hall and Tyson Walker come back and everybody else that's eligible to return returns, not including Joey Hauser, they're at 13, which is not only the, which is the limit, 
Um, but Tom Izzo has also said that he doesn't plan on being at 13 or 12, really. Um, so I think that one or two of those guys would have to leave before they look at adding. Um, and other, I don't usually talk about names, but let's be honest. Pierre Brooks didn't play in the NCAA tournament. Okay. We know who the candidate to go I think out. we can mention him by name. Um, I, I, I haven't talked to him or his people, so I, maybe we would be surprised, but most guys that went through what he went through in the second half of the season in terms of playing time will probably be looking for a new situation. Um, so a guy like that could open, you know, could open up a spot, maybe somebody else. I don't think I want to go beyond him as far as, um, speculating on specific kids. Um, but I, I think that they would need to, I think some surprising things would need to happen for Michigan State to go to the portal. Let's just put it that way. Because if, if this plays out as expected, if they say they get one or two, one, um, uh, Millie call, um, Tyson Walker, if they get at least one of those guys back and lose one other guy to the portal, like. They're at 11 scholarship guys. Then you've got freshmen coming in that are going to need immediate playing time. Um, I, I'd be surprised. Maybe a wing. If, if you lose um, Malik Hall, maybe you're a little thin and you need like a three, four type, but um, I'd be surprised if, if they go to the portal unless something surprising happens. I agree. They just don't need it as much as they did, at least on paper coming into this year. I mean, they've mm-hmm. got the number three overall class in America coming in. You've got, Four like sort of different types of players coming in that can sort of fill in all those positions that you mentioned. Um, I mean, and we'll have plenty of time to get into the freshman more as next season approaches and whatnot, but uh, big things are expected from this freshman class, Kyle. I mean, it's one of the best in the country. Xavier Booker is one of the best overall prospects in the country. Jeremy Fears is one of the best point guards in the country. They're both playing in the McDonald's All-American game tonight. Derek Norman, stretch four. Cohen Carr, maybe the most, most athletic guy in the class. So, just quick look ahead to next year. Uh, a lot is expected of these freshmen. Do you see all of them being in the rotation right away? And how big of an impact should we expect? Because expectations are through the roof. I, 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 I think I see at least fears and um, Booker being in the rotation um, right away. Um, and, you know, maybe even c- competing to start for those two. Cause I, I think they're at that level. The other two are going to kind of be a little bit more wait and see. Um, you know, I know Cohen Carr's got great highlights and he can jump out of a gym. Um, I'll be a little more curious how he, how that translates to the college level. Um, and um, Garrick Norman, I think we'll see maybe, maybe he takes a little bit longer, but, um, and, and I guess the other word of caution I'd say, um, and we can talk about the more as the off season goes, like, from what I've seen and and heard about Xavier Booker, I think he could be a fantastic player. I, I don't, I'm not sure he's going to be Jaron Jackson as far as starting from day one and really contributing. I mean, I know his, um, I know his recruiting ranking. Um, I, I think that's more based on potential than current production um, than some other guys. So, um, listen, Booker's going to play. I think he's going to contribute, um, but I, I think he might, he might, it might take a little bit longer. Uh, are you yeah. are you suggesting for fans to pump the brakes on? Uh, I'm trying to pump rankings? the brakes on your t- on your five star prospects. So, heard uh, heard a little bit about that today a, too. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a runaway freight train. So I don't think me pumping the brakes is going to do much. But um, <laughs> no. I feel like we need. I just feel like you need to set the expectation, and maybe he'll surprise me and and be a stud from day one. But um, I think people are going to see the recruiting ranking and expect you know a guy who's going to come in and average twenty and ten or something. And they're going to think um, Jaron Jackson. Right. Um, And just from what I've seen and and heard, um, maybe that might be setting the expectation a little high. 
I just I just want these guys to come in and make Michigan State more athletic, make them tougher to deal with, make them quicker, make them not have to rely on jump shots. Maybe they can get to the basket more. I mean, they're still going to need shooting, and especially if Walker and Hauser aren't back, they're going to need some more shooting. But uh, I'm excited. I mean, it should be. Say just for theoreticals, Hall and Walker come back, you add them to this roster, where are you rank in Michigan State preseason? I mean, I think you'd be pushing top 10, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Easily. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to have that much experience back, I mean, to me, the formula is a mix of experience and young talent. You know, we've seen the large collections of young talent generally don't work, um, but you can't just have fifth year guys that, you know, that don't have a certain level of talent, too. So it's like um, I I think that they could get close to that ideal mix next year. Um, if you if you don't need too much out of a Jeremy Fears, and but he gets playing time and he's able to contribute, but you're not asking him to do too much and, and save save with save your Booker. Um, I, I see the potential for having for having the right mix there um, next year between those two things. Because you're right. I mean, it's um, Michigan State veterans love them pretty far, but I do think that they need kind of that infusion of kind of younger, higher end talent. Um, and to be fair, Jay Nakins, once he got healthy, was that. Yeah. He'll, he'll be um, part of that. For and sure. he'll be, if he has a fully healthy off season, a fully healthy season, like I, I think he'll get on NBA draft boards um, for next year. Um, and I think that there are other young, young players have that potential too. So I think they'll get the talent infusion that they need. If they keep the experience, I, I think top 10 is, is pretty reasonable. The, the only reason I say this is because like I was I was all depressed after the loss. So me and my friends were going back and watching like old March Madness victories to try and make ourselves feel better. And I'm just watching some of these old Michigan State teams from the past. And they're just they just look bigger, faster, stronger than, than mm. this Michigan State team we've had the last few years. And that's not to say they aren't talented, but I just kind of miss, you know, the, the physical rebounding dunks get to the basket d you up michigan state teams they just we haven't had those the last few years and i think that's why they haven't been you know elite in reaching their goals that they're expected to do at a program like michigan state so this freshman class will help with that we'll see what they can build on in 24 and akins and malik come back you know aj loses some more weight gets faster we already know he's strong i mean i think this team could do some real damage but uh we're a ways out from that matt i'll give you the last word here what what, what, what just give us overall what do you make a basketball season? Uh, uh, for 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 Michigan State, I, I think this season is a testament to what Tom Izzo has built. It's a Sweet Sixteen trip that leaves fans thinking we could have done more. We you know we could have been better. When in reality, this you know I think that like we talked about, I think this this team was accomplished about reached about where its ceiling was. Um, you know, obviously, you know, a couple things break the other way and. And we could be talking about, uh, you know, the final four, uh, but I think it was a solid season overall. Um, and I, you know, like, like you're talking about the roster management, you know, if you get Hall and Aiken, Hall and Walker back, um, you know, to go, assuming you don't have any surprise departures, I mean, that would be a pretty veteran starting lineup. I mean, you'd have what, uh, a senior point guard, a fifth year senior two guard, you'd have a junior in Jaden Akins, a fifth-year senior in Malik Hall, and then uh, Mahdi, which would he be senior. a senior? Yeah, I mean that's you know hypothetical <laughs> and all, but that's you know like we're talking about the the how experience pays off in the tournament. Um, I mean, you don't shoot, get more experience. Than that's that. uh, you know that would be 
If that is the team they march out, I would mean I would fully expect them to contend for a Big Ten title next year. If not, you know, be right there as the favorite. I, I will say, I mean, beware of the surprise portal entry, though. You know what I mean? Because you never know these days. We would have never thought before last year, or I would have never thought that um, Julius Marble was leaving. I mean, he yep. would have started on this team, and he made that was a pretty specific, decision. though. For a reason, you know. Listen, I'm just saying across the country, there have been some surprise portal entries. And, I, and I'm not like, I, I don't have some inside information of something that's imminent. But um, just, I don't know. In, in today's day and age, just don't be shocked if somebody sees their situation differently than you do. Um, no. and, or has somebody in his ear that's, um, that, that, that's tugging him one way. And that's just kind of the way things go these days. I, I so. think we can read between the lines. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Illinois fans woke up today thinking their freshman point guard who started 10 games was going to transfer. So right. uh, yeah. you just you never know. And that is true. That's that's part of it. And if a guy does decide that they want to go somewhere else, well, I hope Spartan fans will wish him well, because that's the kind of program you want to be. That's what you want kids to think when you're when you see that, because kids see how fans act on social media, especially if they're responding to them. So just keep that in mind if something unexpected does happen, but uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Spartan confidential podcast. Uh, Matt did talk to uh, some players stay on the football team and we'll get into spring practice as we turn the page to our fourth season of the Spartan confidential podcast on our next episode, uh, looking at spring practice and, Getting ready for football. Uh, it's still a few months away here, obviously, but uh, spring practice will give us a, a little taste. So for Kyle Lawson and Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you once again for listening to my Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. And-